Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. This is series two, episode 63, and we are now delving into March the 2nd to March the 8th, 2nd Nephi, chapters 31 to 33, This is the Way. Uh, and we're going to begin straight into the personal scripture study section in the Come Follow Me manual, um, which is entitled, Jesus Christ and His Doctrine are the Only Way to Eternal Life, which covers 2nd Nephi 31 to 32. Now, uh, in the podcast episodes recently, you'll have noticed that I've been saying there's a lot to delve into here. There's a lot to delve into here. We're not going to get through it all. And this week, we've only got three chapters, which is quite small compared to pre some of the previous weeks. Um, however, I, after having done this uh, study for today's episode, I don't think we're going to get through everything. There's just so much to get through. And uh, you'll see us get through about 10 verses today about uh, the doctrine of Christ. And this is just very rich stuff. Uh, so just like a giant chocolate cake, we might get through, you know, a good chunk of it, uh, but not quite all of it. I begins uh, in verse three by explaining how the things that he's going to teach are plain and how his, and how his soul delights in plainness. Um, you know, this is important because the gospel of Christ is the way to salvation. It's the way that we can go to follow the Savior to receive the blessings of uh, God in the celestial kingdom. And so if it was to be uh, available for all, then it needs to be plain enough for all to understand and to be able to be spoke in their own language unto their understanding. Uh, and so this is just kind of a precursor to what we're going to learn about. In fact, this whole study episode today is going to focus on Nephi's words that he says before he dives into the full doctrine of Christ as taught uh, by some very important uh, personages. In 2 Nephi 31 verse 5 it says, And now with the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness. Oh, then how much more need have we, being unholy, to be baptized, yea, even by water? So we know that this was important. We know that the Saviour uh, was also baptized by water. Uh, but how was it done uh, to fulfill all righteousness? Well, <clears throat> Joseph Fielding McConkie uh, said this, quote, Nephi, to dramatize the importance of baptism, wrote the Saviour had to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. Nephi identified four ways in which Christ fulfilled all righteousness through his baptism. First, he humbled himself before the Father. Second, he entered a covenant relationship with the Father, promising obedience in keeping the commandments. Third, he opened to himself the gate to the celestial kingdom. Fourth, he set a perfect example for all to follow. Close quote. This is, um, you know, it identifies the purpose of baptism, that it wasn't necessarily to cleanse. It isn't actually mentioned in these verses that baptism is cleanses. What we often hear at uh, baptismal services when the person walks out from having been baptized, it's often commented that they are the cleanest person in the room. And this technically isn't quite accurate because the cleansing we know comes from the power of the Holy Ghost. The baptism part is to witness to God and to the church that they are willing to enter into this covenant, that they are willing to stand as a witness of God as, as um, and that they have changed and repented before that baptism as well. That baptism is kind of that bridge between the repentance and receiving the gift of the, and the sanctification of the Holy Ghost, uh, which is uh, an important point to remember uh, as we uh, go through this experience. In 3 Nephi 21 verse 8, it talks about the Holy Ghost, how it descended upon him in the form of a dove, speaking of Christ when he was baptized. Um, Joseph Smith uh, said this about uh, the Holy Ghost. 
he said, uh, quote, whoever led the Son of God into the waters of baptism and had the privilege of beholding the Holy Ghost descend in the form of a dove, or rather in the sign of the dove, in witness of that administration. The sign of the dove was instituted before the creation of the world, a witness for the Holy Ghost, and the devil cannot come in the sign of a dove. The Holy Ghost is a personage and is in the form of a personage. It does not confine itself to the form of the, of, of the dove, but in the sign of the dove. The Holy Ghost cannot be tra transformed into a dove, but the sign of the dove was given to John to signify the truth of the deed, as the dove is an emblem or token of truth and innocence. Close quote. Uh, I just thought that was an interesting uh, point there by, the, by, by Joseph Smith about the sign of the dove. Uh, and what this means, um, you know, in in practice. In 2 Nephi 31, 9, it says, And again, it showeth unto the children of men the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate by which they should enter, he having set the example before them. And I think this, uh, this indicates the importance of this act that the Saviour went through. Again, it wasn't a cleansing as such because he was perfect. He had no need to be cleansed. If the main priority of baptism was to cleanse us of our sins, then the Savior would not have had to go through it. And I think this is what we need to get our understanding of, is that this therefore indicates the real purpose of baptism. And the Savior did it to show us that example, to show that commitment to our, to our Heavenly Father through the doctrine of Christ. Christ is the perfect teacher. And modeling is a, you know, a very important technique and skill and point in a teaching process. Um, you know, as a teacher, we talk often about needing to model certain um, skills and certain um, understandings and, and, and processes to the children that we teach. And this is exactly the same with the Savior. He modeled this for us so that we would know the way by which we had to enter the gate. Uh, Robert D. Hell said this, quote, entering into the kingdom of God is so important that Jesus was baptized to show us the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate by which we should enter. Notwithstanding be he being holy, he showeth unto the children of men that according to the flesh, he humbleth himself before the father and witnesseth unto the father that he would be obedient unto him in keeping his commandments, close quote. This is so important that the savior himself demonstrated and modeled for us how we could follow him and begin to be changed through his doctrine. We then go into um, a discussion between Nephi and the father and the son. For example, uh, in verse 11 of chapter 31, it says, And the father said, Repent ye, repent ye, and be baptized in the name of my beloved son. This is interesting because the father himself seems to be speaking to Nephi. Um, Joseph Fielding Smith and Robert L. Millett in their, in their book about the commentary of the Book of Mormon uh, said this, quote, Second Nephi 31 is a most distinctive spiritual text. In verse 11, Nephi records the words of the father to him. In verse 12, the voice of the son comes to him. The pattern repeats itself in reverse order in verses 14 and 15. In verse 14, we have a record of that spoken by the voice of the son. Verse 15, the voice of the father. Apparently, Nephi finds himself in conversation with both members of the Godhead. If such is the case, this is a singular occasion, inasmuch as revelation since the fall has normally come by and through Jehovah, who is Jesus Christ. Close quote. We often have, a, we obviously have experiences by people such as Joseph Smith uh, and by those that were present at the uh, the baptism of the, of the Savior, where they heard the Father speaking and testifying that his beloved son you know, is there 
and to listen to him. But we don't really have, except for um, when Adam is in the Garden of Eden, an experience where the Father and the Son are teaching both at the, at the same time uh, with, with the individual. This, to me, just indicates just how important this chapter is, um, that really we should be taking great attention and care to listen to it and read it, uh, which is why I'm taking so long to get through it, I think, uh, because, you know, the Father and the Son are speaking and teaching Nephi at the same time, indicating just how important they want to get this message across. Now, in verse 13, we, we begin learning about this doctrine and what it looks like. Uh, and I'm just going to begin with the start of verse 13, where it says, uh, I know that if he shall follow the Son with full purpose of heart, acting no hypocrisy and no deception before God, but with real intent. And I'll stop there, um, because this is indicating the first step, which is to have faith and to believe. Um, Jeffrey R. Holland said this, quote, A 14-year-old boy recently said to me a little hesitantly, Brother Holland, I can't say yet that I know the church is true, but I believe it is. I hugged the boy until his eyes bulged out. I told him with all the fervour of my soul that belief is a precious word, an even more precious act, and he need never apologise for only believing. I told him that Christ himself said, be not afraid, only believe. I told this boy that belief was always the first step toward conviction, and that the definitive articles of our collective faith forcefully reiterate the phrase, we believe. And I told him how very proud I was of him for the honesty of his quest, close quote. As we begin on this path, as we begin to have faith in our Saviour, we need to understand that this doesn't mean we know everything to be true. It simply means that we have trust that the Saviour is there and that we will do what we can to follow him. It doesn't mean we know all things perfectly. Faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Uh, and this is obviously echoed in further teachings in the Book of Mormon, which we will come to in later months. Um, but yeah, as we be, as we close this episode and we... Be, and we uh, begin with it again tomorrow focusing on repentance baptism and receiving the gift of the holy ghost um yeah this is just uh, an, an, an indication of how blessed we are now i've realized looking at the manual a bit closer that actually what we've done today is not cover um the first section but we've covered the second section because it talks about how jesus christ set the perfect example of obedience when he was baptized so i'll consider that section ticked off and then tomorrow we'll begin more in depth looking at the doctrine of christ um, as as explained in the first section in the manual, uh, so you'll have to forgive me for that. But um, yeah, it's it's an it's an excellent section, uh, an excellent verse, of, uh, an excellent portion of scripture, and so I'm looking forward to looking into the rest of it throughout this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you uh, share what you've been studying or any feedback uh, on Twitter at Matt S Roberts ninety, or email session at gmail.com Come, or of course you can join the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me and we'll be sharing many things on there which we can discuss. Thank you for your listening and until we meet again.